We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packers fans welcome into another edition of pack a day podcast a saturday edition with the full squad once again dan kotnick came to town he saw he conquered he left and he also did the same thing with the podcast last weekend for pack a day uh but it is the OG crew of the Saturday crew as we transition into the 2022 season. I, myself, am Matt Fralick, the host as always, alongside me with my partners of Packers Knowledge, Twitter Stardom, um, and Training Camp Hot Takes uh, would be Eli Berkovitz and Janelle Mackey. Janelle, I'm going to start with you. How does it feel seeing a Training Camp darling representing the number 87 how do you feel how do you feel deep down yeah i mean obviously everything that happens and every time uh somebody on twitter mentions 87 obviously i get tagged in it multiple times but no i i've said this before you know to wear that 87 you got to be special and it's nice to see Dobbs out there you know doing the 87 number justice and um obviously like there's a lot of people poking fun at you know the Jordy legacy for it but truly like it is exciting and um to be able to see somebody like that come in and you know take advantage of the extra reps with guys like Watkins and Watson not practicing um uh, Watkins yeah Mm -hmm. not practicing until today when we're recording this on Friday but yeah I mean it'd be it'd be harder if he was out there doing a crummy sloppy job and it's like oh you're gonna do that's how you're gonna wear 87 but yeah no I you know People poke a lot of fun at it with me, obviously, because, you know, I kind of like Jordy, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. but no, that, that 87 is very special to me. So I actually, I've been a little quieter than a lot of people, but you know, it was kind of the same with Jay Sternberger where it's like, I root for you to do well if you're going to wear that number. So obviously Sternberger didn't work out. So hopefully Dobbs can come in and be the next great 87. Obviously he'll never be first in my world but it's also you know I also hope that it's not just uh he's doing really well in camp and then he's going to do nothing in the season I hope that this transcends into the season and he can actually do something but it's also only been like three four days so Mm -hmm. a lot a lot of hype around him but it's still cool to see 
Hell yeah, yeah, that that number I hold a I hold a special place in my heart for it. So I hope that he continues to do well wearing it. As you should. I mean, up until Jordy Nelson, the 87 that I always represented in my mind for the Packers was Robert Brooks. He was like the first player I actually truly mm-hmm. like fell in love with. That was any really sort of profession, professional football player. Um, but ultimately, you mentioned a good point. It's kind of funny when like they give players jersey numbers like you can kind of validate how you think or at least you can draw conclusions how you think the organization looks at them. They give a receiver an 87 number, an 80 number, great. If you're Danny Davis, unsigned restricted free agent or unsigned, you know, free agent um, from the Badgers, like he's number 20 right now. So like that kind of gives you a perspective of like right. <laughs> what they're thinking of him. And you mentioned Jay Sternberger. Honestly, the best thing Jace ever had going for him was he was number 87 because as soon as he got into camp, if anyone remembers uh way back it was the the texans um inner squad practice and within like early early on from that he got hit in the mouth by a uh, rookie lonnie johnson defensive back and it was just like that was his first practice and it just like he was banged up from that and like just a bad taste in his mouth in our mouths overall and you talk about like reacting uh like quick to how things operate in a training camp is it early on here like it's it's so hard not to get enthusiastic about it or passionate or just completely go off the deep end with a hot take whether it be positive or negative because we've been starving for football for so long and especially when right. it comes to our squad like it's just it's just sweeter to see anything anyone actually perform but we got to get we got to get our boy Eli some airtime here Janelle most of this episode is going to be Eli's reactions because of course he, he was able well, as it usually is right we usually we usually it's, the, it's Eli's world we're just living in it I've come to I've come to find that out as well so Eli had the fortunate ability to be at training camp this week I unfortunately was not able to a make training camp or b even meet up with Eli for some libations and I'm just a little disappointed in that no no cold beverages were consumed but there's potential down the road. I still could probably get to training camp this weekend. Eli and I will connect at some point in the future, maybe for a real game, et cetera, et cetera. But Eli is in that small minority, Janelle, where he was able to actually go to the um, owner's meeting. He's been in town all week. Mm-hmm. He's gotten some really, really cool takes from Twitter. He's gotten some cool selfies going on. And I just really want to hear Eli kind of, I mean, we're going to set him up for some conversation parts that I'm sure you and I have maybe um, bookmarked on our head from this week. But truly, like, Eli like just just walk us through the week right you get here earlier i think it was like monday or tuesday you got here for the owners meeting and just give us a little screenplay you know i don't know how many pages or any acts are in in it maybe four or five but what were your thoughts about it um and just break it down for us my guy yeah it was uh it was a great week yeah i came in monday morning before the the meeting the shareholders meeting so that was obviously the first one i've ever been to which was a was a really cool experience. It was out. I thought it was going to be in the atrium, but it was actually out, you know, on the field. So you're sitting out there in Lambeau. It was cool. You know, Goody, obviously, uh, Mark Murphy, they spoke. Uh, there were some other speakers, but, you know, we had the line from Mark Murphy about, you know, playing a lot of noon home games and that, you know, resulting in being a shitty team. Definitely the the crowd enjoyed that one. But the meeting was really was really cool. I mean, the week was, you know, it's one of those weeks where it kind of feels like everything happened like all at once because it was just like just Packers, Packers practice, all kind of this, you know, the same thing. But you know, as you started off the show with, you know, talking about uh, Romeo Dubs, like uh, I can't say enough just about. I mean, he had the spectacular catches, which everyone on Twitter was talking about but he also was making just the solid 
every you know second and six catch for eight yards to get that first down running good routes and overall the receiver group looked to me i thought alan lazard looked as good as i've ever seen him at least i for sure obviously in person but in general i do think he actually could really step up and be a real wide receiver rot one where a week ago i saw this team maybe not having a thousand yard receiver and just kind of like a whole group of guys getting between six to 800 yards, something like that. But Lazard plays all season the way he looked. And again, it was only two practices, but with how much Rodgers clearly trusts him and the plays he was making, if he plays all season, I don't see why he can't have a thousand plus yards, 10 plus touchdowns. Like he was really, really impressive. Amari Rodgers was impressive, which was nice to see both, you know, catching the ball and he was involved in some jet sweeps and he made some moves with the ball in his hands. So overall, the receiver group was really exciting. Juwan Winfrey, once again, big training camp darling. Everyone always talks about him. Last year he got hurt. And I think that's ultimately why he didn't end up making the initial 53-man roster. But I don't know. I don't know how they're going to not have him on the roster this year. And it's crazy to think about it because you have – you know, four guys who are veterans who you assume are locks and Cobb, Lazard, uh, Watkins, and Amari Rogers. And then you have three guys you just drafted in Watson, Dubs, and Toure. And then you have Malik Taylor and Jawan Winfrey. Malik Taylor's made the roster for two straight years for special teams reasons, mostly. But, I mean, he would be the seventh guy. There's, there's never been seven receivers under Matt LaFleur. So it's like you're automatically cutting Malik Taylor and Jawan Winfrey if you're sticking with six. Or you could cut Toure, so then you're cutting a rookie. Keep one of those two. It's going to be really competitive. It's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. And I think in the end, it's going to come down to who who's going to be healthiest throughout camp. Last year, Winfrey could have maybe got a spot, but he got hurt. Funches could have got a spot, but he got hurt. So Or maybe that could have been two years ago by now, honestly. But... Um, it, yeah, I mean, whoever stays the healthiest keeps making plays, but I don't anticipate the Packers going with seven receivers, even if it could, because I, there's just no reason to, especially in an offense that will probably be pretty run heavy and moving towards the run game. A.J. Dillon just continues to look more untackleable than ever. When he runs, it just like you feel the ground shaking. He is so freaking powerful. I have a, you know, I, the play that sticks out to me most, they, they were doing a red zone drill. Rodgers gave him a toss around the left, around the left tackle. And yeah, you know, you're not doing full tackles, that's that. But he just ripped through guys like they were children trying to tackle him. Just gone into the end zone, not even close. So A.J. Dillon and then, of course, Aaron Jones was super dynamic with the ball in his hands. And we actually saw him on special teams with some punt return action. And today, um, I believe I saw Andy Herman tweet that he was actually doing some kick return action as well. So, yeah, I mean, I doubt it's going to be what he does, but, you know, I guess if they're in a pinch, they want to give him that practice. But overall, the offense was fun to watch. The offensive line, a lot of shifting around. We saw Zach Tom starting with the ones at left tackle. We saw... I mean, just so many variations, it's honestly even hard to put them all together. But they're clearly giving 
everyone at the offensive line group the opportunity to make it onto the field because we don't know the status of Bakhtiari. We know Jenkins will likely end up on the pup list. But I will say that Bakhtiari, uh, his locker room availability the other day, when he kind of said that he wasn't all too worried, like like he calmed me down a lot where I was like, is this guy, you know, is he going to be on the pup list again? To, okay, are they just being extra cautious as the Packers generally do? And he'll be out there soon enough. And I'm starting to lean towards that more. And it might not mean much, but yesterday I saw him standing on the back of Aaron Rodgers' golf cart as they were ripping down the road at 40 miles an hour. And he was fist bumping and he was jumping up and down and music was blasting and his wife was sitting in the front. He looked very healthy to me. So I think we're going to see Bakhtiari out there sooner than later. Elton Jenkins and Robert Tunyon both looked good in their uh, recovery from their ACL. Elton Jenkins, actually fun watching him. He was playing quarterback uh, during the offensive line drills, taking snaps. That was fun. I believe he played quarterback back in like high school. I was going to say, didn't he do an interview one time where he said like if you were going to play another position, he said he'd play quarterback? Or am yeah, I like making up this interview? <laughs> oh no, there is some connection of Elton Jenkins. To yeah, okay. That was, that was fun to watch. Um, another guy that I always bring up, Jen, probably more an open book maybe than here, but throughout <laughs> the years, Randy Ramsey, outside linebacker. I refuse to give up on the potential <laughs> that I think. I mean, my first training camp ever, I think, in Green Bay, I saw him. And I was like, who is this guy? I mean, he, he made Preston Smith not look very big. And Preston Smith is very big. Like Randy <laughs> Ramsey, he was so explosive. And I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's got to make the roster. He tore his ACL. And then last year he hurt his, he hurt his ankle. So he's really got bad luck with the injuries. But I do believe that if he stays healthy, uh, I think he's going to make the roster. They're thin at outside linebacker as it is. So I really want to see Randy Ramsey make it. Uh, some other guys that I'm trying just to think that stuck out to me. Uh, there was Davis, um, the safety. Uh, what is it, Sean Davis or Dwayne Davis? I don't know why I can't remember right now. Hold on. Um, yeah, Sean Davis made a, made a handful of impressive plays at safety. I think he could be their third safety behind Amos and Savage. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. There's a lot to unpack there. Like, yeah. like I, A, you... You hit on the main points, which I'm really happy about, that you saw some of the same stuff that other people saw, offensive line stuff, um, Lazard, Dobbs, or however hell we're going to try to pronounce on Packers Twitter because we were making something of that on Friday afternoon. Um, but the couple things that like I took away, and maybe Janelle took some of them because they're new to us, was the Randy Ramsey stuff right at the end here. Mm-hmm. Was I would just say like overall – the way that Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon appear. I mean, granted, I know uh, like I've seen some one-on-one drills where they've looked good, but I haven't really seen them like, on, I mean, I've seen them on the sideline in these small little drills, but never like in the trenches right now. Um, the other thing that, I, I mean, unfortunately, again, this is an audio podcast. If you would have saw this in a video format, my eyebrows went to my app, my, my hairline. When you mentioned Aaron Jones um, returning and receiving punts like okay yep that's something that's never going to happen in a game but you know cool for you to get work on the hands there 33 yeah. <laughs> i mean i just i'm you know i really want to hit on the receiver thing a, a little bit here and i'll let janelle kind of pick at what you uh presented to us here eli along with everyone listening today is the receiver like back and forth depth chart thing is so damn funny to me because i feel like ever since i've followed the packers more closely over the last five, six, seven years, and definitely getting more into the podcast side with Packaday and just other content in general, I feel like that's always just a long-winded debate. Like, how many receivers are going to take? And then the next one is usually, like, how many tight ends are we going to keep? It's, like, all based around pass catchers, and which I think makes sense because you have Aaron Rodgers. You want to give him weapons. He's never really had a, you know, a definitive number one. I mean, he's had Devontae Adams, but like in previous years, if my memory serves me correctly, it's been like, you know, Jordy or Randall Cobb or Greg Jennings or a combination of all these guys. And, you know, I think the one thing that it's going to be even more interesting this year as we nitpick to figure out who can make that depth chart there is the fact that it is going to have to be a combination of players. It, I mean, Lazard had a great week, but is he is he truly a number one receiver? Because the way he's used is almost more often like a blocking split out tight end. Like, is he, I mean, he, he had a good week. Uh, your Hall of Famer, as we know, <laughs> like, is it going to follow the same uh, pa- or you know pattern that Lafleur has established? My guess is no, just because of the having to fill the shoes of Devonte Adams with a collection of dudes, and also like the health of the tight end room, and like the just the the youth that is really not there. I mean, excuse me, the um, I guess the veteran ship that's not there. I, you take out Mercedes, which is you know probably one of the older guys in the league that's not a quarterback. And you really have Tyler Davis, you have DeGuara, you have Tunyon. And I believe, by the way, I will say, 
Daphne, someone else, as someone I should have brought up, he he looked pretty impressive whenever he had the ball in his hands and also, like, way quicker than I remember, like, thinner, leaner, and quicker than I remember seeing him last year. Like, I mean, two or three times Rodgers ran a play-action bootleg, hit him in the flat, and, like, he turned that corner. And even if it was a real game, there was no chance the defender was getting him. Like, he was, like, quick to the sideline, picked up probably a solid 8 to 12 yards. So Daphne is someone to look out for, tight end. Obviously also Davis. But someone I want to mention is the USFL signing, Sal Canella, came in. And on day one, I'm watching, and, and I see this guy go up and rip down an incredible catch in the end zone wearing number 80. And I'm like, okay, well, it's not Donald Driver. It's not Justin Perillo, that much for sure. <laughs> like, who is this? I didn't realize they gave him 80, but he did look pretty impressive. I will say, though, uh, yesterday, what day is it? Today. Was it today? It's today? Friday. It is Friday currently. Friday. Okay, so yesterday. I'm not great with days. You're just yeah, in a just... you're in a vortex of Packers training camp. You're just yeah. in a vacuum. Friday was uh, close to the public too. There we go. If yeah, that helps exactly. anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm not good with days. Ben knows this. But Maybe if you'd buy a calendar, like we keep telling I don't you to. Believe in calendars. <laughs> yeah. Who sets the time? Yeah. That's what I say. But either way, um, yesterday he was standing. Uh, they were doing some drills right in front of me. For a tight end, I got to say he was pretty thin. Like, if he was standing with the receivers, I would not have been surprised. So he might need to put on some weight. But the way he was catching the ball and the way he was running routes, with Tunyon being hurt, we don't know what DeGuara is yet. Right now it could be more of a fullback, maybe a tight end. We're not sure. Tyler Davis has some hype, but obviously no proven stats. I think – this guy, Sal Canella, if he can stick with the team, learn the offense, maybe put on a few pounds, he might be like a dark horse guy that could come out of nowhere as tight ends. He, he looked, he impressed me, that's for sure. I love it. I love it. Uh, I And I appreciate you hitting on the tight end group because Daphne, again, I mean, this is why people should be listening to Pack-A-Day podcasts every day, especially around this time of the year, is because that's a name that never came across my face all week. Not a single time on a tweet, on a graphic, on a meme, not a damn thing. And for you to be there and actually see that he's slimmed down, according to your eyes, he's a little bit quicker, which is kind of the thing that's always stuck out to Daphne about me, not his quickness, but his, you know, just his frame. And it, it, if he's slimmed down or even a little bit more compact and more rigid around the, the edges, I think that's a fantastic thing to have. So great for you to call that out. Janelle, I got to get you in the mix here. Um, I, I first thing I'm going to say to you is, uh, I've come to understand the friendship that you, Eli, and Zach Jacobson have, and it's been highlighted very, very much on um, on Game on Wisconsin's open book. However, are you slightly intimidated, or Zach, have you gone in the DMs about possibly Eli and Joe Barry being besties now <laughs> after you got the selfie this week? Right, yeah. All of a sudden, Eli's got a a big head, and he's going to be too good for us one of these days. And and I, and, I, and I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying it. I'm just bringing it to the light because other people have said it. So I just want to get it out in front and make sure we can work through it. Yeah, no, I'm just proud of Eli for finally learning how to take a picture. I know there right. was the last year where he claims he got a picture with Randall Cobb, but he didn't do it right because the timer was going. And so I'm I'm proud of him. You know, after a year 
of sitting on that failure. Uh, well, I think yeah. you had Andrew take this one though. Yeah, so it was on... then, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to sit here and take the credit as someone who learned how to use a camera on his phone, but I don't. But to be fair, you um, also did take a picture of Andrew. That's true. So that's I, true. I have noticed that you learned how to take the picture and no, it's um, just nuts. I can't do selfie mode. I can do regular pictures. I just can't do self. I don't know how those work. You, you've um, redeemed yourself. And, you know, it is cool because you said that you just kind of ran into him on the street. It wasn't like you caught him, like, during camp or anything. It was just kind of after, right? So yeah, it's just, just kind of the yeah. aftermath of practice and everybody kind of going back to their day-to-day -day life. And you just kind of run into Joe Barry there. You know, I living in Green Bay, I really didn't run into as many people as I was hoping I would. I remember my first tour at UWGB, the girl uh, who was giving the tour said she heard that Aaron Rodgers went to this one place for wings every Wednesday. So she was there every Wednesday for like two months and never saw him. And I was like, these are my kind of people. But you don't run into people as much as you think you would. So that's pretty cool that you're able to catch them and actually get the picture. And maybe one day you'll redeem yourself with Randall Cobb. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I will always be around to humble Eli if he thinks that he's starting to get too good for us. I will I make know, sure to bring I him back down. <laughs> I, I would I would never I would never <laughs> think uh, never think too highly of myself, as you know. But if you go to training camp, if you if you you know, it takes time to realize the spots, but you can yeah, I mean you can find ways to run into really a lot of people. I mean over this week. And not to like whatever, but I'm just saying if you go to training camp, it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. But Razul Douglas, Eric Stokes, Adrian Amos, uh, Ty Summers, uh, uh, I mean, so many guys, like they're just because if you know where they exit from training from, from the practice field, usually what I'll do is I'll leave like about three to five minutes, like as they're wrapping up, and like I could see they're huddling up, whatever, and I just go there and you know, that's kind of where the guys hang out. Um, I actually did uh, get to the chance to talk to Randall Cobb, Jen, but no, I did not yet redeem the photo <laughs> incident, but that will happen soon enough. But So Eli's um, basically telling us, here's how you stalk the Packers after practice. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to, and I want to get out in front of something because it's never been actually set up this perfect before for me. Uh, maybe not perfect, but, um, and I mean this with all due respect to the couple people that do it on Packers Twitter is like, I think Eli's it's it's intrusive what Eli's doing, but not as intrusive as people following private jets that when people do free agency and stuff and seeing where people are going. That's I don't know uh, do that. I yeah, it's that. I mean that's that's a that's a special type of breed that I um I'm glad we're not a part of, but I also I can definitely appreciate the like, hey, it's very simple. We are in a two mile by two mile like square like it's going to be yeah. easy to run into people just accidentally so um i, mean, I, I totally I mean, can respect what you're doing been there i mean i don't know if you've been to camp before yeah, but definitely. i mean but i mean I, it wasn't like i was the only one standing there no. I mean, people obviously you know, was like hiding in the shadow of the building yeah, like yeah. hey mean, man can i get a picture <laughs> i was yeah i mean when guys are coming out of that exit area there's always like you know at least 20 30 people i mean you know they know where they're coming out to but but yeah, it was definitely cool. It was it was a fun week. But a couple, you know, one or two things I just remember just about practice that maybe most importantly, mm -hmm. uh, special teams. I mean, yep. I, I think I've gone four straight years now to training camp. I've never seen nearly as much emphasis and time spent on special teams. I don't. We're not even gonna have to say why. We all know why. And Rich Bisaccia, as uh, I think we said pre-show, 
but yeah, he was barking and he's barking the whole time, and I loved Is it. He the one that like rejected you. Yeah, he rejected me hard. <laughs> so that was super, I loved it. It was, like, it was like I see him walking, and I'm like, all right, let's just see because he he's pretty intimidating, honestly, and he had headphones on, like, but he was just putting them in. So I was like, you know what? Let me just try to dive in. I was like, hey, coach, how are you? Good. And I was like, all right, great practice. You mind if we take a picture? And right away. He just threw those headphones on and just gone. I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know what? I wouldn't want to take a picture with me either. Roll with <laughs> it. But you go. But no, it was fun watching him. And uh, yeah, Joe Barry just yelling a lot. Uh, Eli, you said you wouldn't want to take a picture with yourself either. It's because you actually don't know how to take the selfie. Yeah, That's the <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even, uh, that is true. Yeah. So the special teams and then uh, there was one more thing defensively. Oh, yeah. Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker. I was going to ask about Wyatt because I know Wyatt, Wyatt, he kind of had a quieter day one. So when we talked on Wednesday, we didn't touch on him too much, but then I saw his name kind of showing up again more on Thursday. So that was good to see. Yeah, he was yesterday. He was definitely disruptive. I mean, even forget inside runs, even on the tosses or the outside runs, he is going from nose tackle and making it out to the edge and making the stop. Like he is Massive. so fast for a guy his size. And like when you look at him, I mean, it's just like a big, like square brick of muscle and speed. And just the, you look, there's like, there's no way that guy can move that fast. And then he does. Like he's starting over a guard, the ball snapped, and he's already past the tackle in the backfield, stopping a run. And then Quay Walker's running sideline to sideline, which is exactly you know what the Packers have needed and that's nothing against Devondre Campbell who's also been great but I wouldn't say he's as you know fast and lean as Walker so Walker's kind of going to be that guy who can turn into you know a Devin White a you know Darius Leonard just that really lean fast middle linebacker next to Devondre Campbell I think the Packers the middle of their defense and in general I mean their defense We've said it all offseason. There's no reason this shouldn't be for sure top 10, if not top five. Rashawn Gary continues to look freakish. Preston Smith is Preston Smith. He's reliable. We know he's going to be good. And the secondary is incredible. You've got, you know, Alexander Stokes, Douglas, Savage, Amos. And I do think this guy, Sean Davis, is going to turn some heads when he ends up as the number three safety is what I think is going to happen. So if the pack, if the offense can simply put up twenty four points, I think the Packers win thirteen games at least. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Absolutely. I, I you know, I know we got to get wrapped up here a little bit because we could, ra- we could honestly, I could ask you questions all day, Eli, and I probably will continue to do so in our, in our <laughs> Twitter DMs throughout the weekend. But the one thing that I really want um, to drive home on is just like sometimes when we get into training camp, we do make these like brass decisions. Right. And I think some of the things, especially with like Sean Davis, it's like, it was going into the season. Like, you know, he's going to be the number three, he's going to be the number three and it, it, that checks out. Right. 
Now is is Romeo Dobbs going to have an equally as good Saturday practice or next week or when they get into the actual game? Because we've seen this happen before, even recently with receivers for the Packers. I'm going to bring up the name Jamon Moore, right? He had a couple good weeks right off the rip, was getting compliments from Aaron Rodgers, which are far and few between for a rookie receiver and like didn't all stick that much. And so it's just it's interesting to think, you know, sometimes when you come into a training camp, things that you expect actually do occur. You see that going on. And there's many, many examples that we brought up throughout this entire episode of those. But sometimes they don't, I mean, sometimes they don't check out. And even there's some new ones, like the the Dobbs thing. We didn't really expect him to, to pop as much as he did, but he did. But can you carry that through the summer? Can you carry that into game speed? And then we really can find out what players look like. Because right now, shorts and shells ain't it. <laughs> That ain't it. It's not, it's not the real deal. So I think at the end of the day, it's, it was a hell of a week of a practice. Um, One thing, and I'm going to knock on wood, cross my fingers, cross my, my toes is that uh, there was no injuries this week. And that is a huge, huge Mm -hmm. thing. I don't think I heard of a single guy getting tweaked because I know damn well, if it was, it would have been on my Twitter timeline like crazy. And if it was someone notable or we got some, um, you know, attention even around the beat. So that's something I'm really, really thankful on. And, because generally, if that's going to happen in a week like this, it's going to be a probably a lower body serious type of injury because you really, really shouldn't have any contact injuries at this point. It should be a small, awkward step and something called, uh, you know comes down and you'd be in trouble. But, you know, I'm going to give you the last question for Eli, the last word, the last whatever you want um, as we wrap up here on this Saturday edition of Pack Day Podcast. As we get through almost all the training camp days, there's obviously training camp today, I believe, on Saturday. It starts at 1045 a.m. But, you know, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, just to kind of like wrap things up a little bit. Yeah, it was a it was a really fun week. Um, obviously, our first taste of football that we've had in a while. So I think that's also kind of, you know, people get overhyped for everything because, you know, we've been so deprived of football for so long that everything it's like, wow, and oh, and, you know, it's just exciting because football's back. And you just kind of hope that all these things that we're seeing carry through the next few weeks and few months as we get into the actual season and, you know, it is fun to get overhyped for players, but it's also, you got to kind of be realistic about it too. And that's, you know, I try not to get too overhyped because I don't want, you know, my heart to get shattered down the road when moves are made and all that stuff. And I become attached to a player who was like the camp darling. And who hurt you? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I know I try and just, you know, not grow attached, you know, maybe that's because like so many players I've loved before have come and gone, but no, I just try and like, I'm just kind of just taking everything in as I can. And I'm trying not to get like overexcited, but it's, at the same time, it's really hard because I mean, you look at this team and what they can do. And I was thinking earlier about how cool it is, you know, when the defense makes a really good play, how exciting that is because you look at the offense that they're facing and vice versa, where it's like, if you got a defense that's shutting down Aaron Rodgers or stopping guys like AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, it's like, wow kudos to the defense and then vice versa if the offense is out there making good plays against guys like you know Douglas and Jair and Stokes it's like oh my gosh like they're making plays against one of the best defenses so I think it is a testament that you know both the offense and the defense are they have like the the advantage here in these practices where they're playing some of the best of the best and it makes them better where it's like if you have a team that has a crappy offense, of course the defense is going to do well and they're not going to take as much out of it. So I think that's one of the things that the Packers benefit the most from right now is that both sides of the ball are so good that they can really only make each other better at this point. So, 
you know, I try and take everything in as I can, not get overhyped, but it's like at the same time, this team makes it really, really hard not to fall in love with players or get overexcited when it's only been three days of practice and you're already like calling guys Hall of Famers and stuff like that. So, I mean, first week of football, almost in the books, depending on when you're hearing this. Um, no, it was really exciting. But the one player that I really, you know, I'm just kind of curious because I haven't seen a whole lot on him. I know Matt. Matt's kind of giving me some look, but I'm just curious about what Jordan Love's looking yes. like. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> like, that was a good segue to Eli. Hell yes. yes, I'm happy one of you asked, as I was actually going to bring up saying I should probably mention. Like Jordan that's Love. how I want us to close. Like just, we I'm curious. To. I don't see enough about it. Yeah. I just want to know how he's looking because he obviously did some off-season training with, you know, mm. where was it with Bakhtiari and like mm-hmm. in that place where they train out. I think in like California. So. I'm just kind of curious as to how he's looking, either physique or skill or, you know, just give us the rundown on Jordan Love. Yeah, so Jordan Love is actually uh, only because you just brought up, you know, physique and the way he's, I guess, looking right now was another one of the guys that was like <clears throat> right by the bike lane, you know, after practice where so I was standing, you know, two feet in front of him and definitely looks like he's been working out because he looks pretty shredded, but I and Look, we all know I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. This does not mean I am not a Jordan Love fan. Um, he, <clears throat> for the most part, was pretty spotty. I'll, I'll say it like that. He had two or three throws that stick out to me that were like, all right, that's that was like a pretty damn good throw. One in specific where I think Andy actually tweeted about it, but uh, uh, Mari Rodgers was running a crosser over the middle. And there was uh, kind of, you know, in a zone, fitting it between two linebackers. He threw it right between them, low, so Amari Rodgers can kind of dive down and catch it, not take too much of a hit. And Amari Rodgers caught it, which was nice to see because obviously we want to see Amari Rodgers grow as well. But at the same time, there were plays uh, where Jordan Love just simply either made a bad decision where, I mean, a few times where he threw the ball I mean, the guy was completely covered or just he just overthrew it like by a lot or a couple times where it would have been a sack if it was a real game. Um, and then when they were doing the nets, I mean, I don't know how much the nets really matter, but from what I saw, I mean, he he didn't he actually didn't even hit the rim on any of the nets. Um, so it was it wasn't the best, I'll be honest, like he, he made a few good throws, but I didn't walk away from either practice saying like, all right, Jordan Love, like that that's a different guy than I saw, you know, last year. Um, but again, it's a couple practices. He didn't have a ton of reps. And, you know, he's he's playing with the second string receivers and all that. But I was hoping to see more. His throwing motion looks good. Like he does look more comfortable in the pocket, which, which I will say – he better than last year, like more fluid, more comfortable, not as rigid maybe as last year. But the accuracy, I still think, like it's just not confident. Like I feel like he doesn't, he doesn't put a, he wasn't putting a lot into his throws. They were coming out kind of wobbly, uh, sort of lofted. It just, you just needs a little bit more confidence maybe in himself stepping into his throws. But again, we all know there's like that confident, the, uh, the potential is kind of, kind of there. It's just if they could get to it, but 
I was not overly impressed, unfortunately. I'm so glad we were in sync this whole entire episode, guys. This is one of been one of our better episodes over the last couple of months, and it's easy, right? Because it's there's actual stuff to talk to. We're not or talk about. We're not, you know, coming up with games and drafting players to play different positions. We're not coming up with these superlatives, these mad libs. Um, but to finish it on a somewhat, I don't even want to say it's a negative note. It's just a, you know, this is this is the real deal scenario. This is how it's actually going for Jordan Love and. I never can remember where Janelle falls on the Jordan Love spectrum, but I do know Eli and I are kind of aligned on it. And to hear the fact that, I mean, how much weight do we really put in this net throws? Not a lot, but like if you can't even hit the broadside of a barn door with that, like that's that says something to me. So um, gra- glad to hear that he's in better physical shape. Glad to hear that the uh, the throwing mo- motion's somewhat tweaked, but. That has been my biggest bugaboo for a while, Eli, that you you hit on. Probably the two things. One is just like some of those throws that come out are like, what the hell? Like that doesn't even – I mean, and maybe we're comparing and contrasting it to someone that can sling that damn thing like Aaron Rodgers. So it's tough to go from one extreme to the – not the other, but something that's not as favorable. And then the second one is just the confidence. I think that's something that I've always hit on with Jordan Love. It's just I've never seen the confidence from him yet. But as we get through the offseason in the training camp, I mean, there will be more um, – you know, Jordan Love news. There'll be more stuff to talk about next week, of course, and even come up on tomorrow's episode, uh, recapping the entire week that was, and especially the Saturday practice. And I imagine there'll be a, an absolute way more fans down there and even more people that cover the team that have nine to fives couldn't get down there. Um, so I imagine it'll be even a little bit more of a buzz. But ultimately, this is the greatest time of the year for me. I mean, it's it's we're just ramping up to the start of the season. It's just it's a great time and it's you really soak it all up. And as you maybe distract yourself with football and ever, all of a sudden the, the colors in the trees change and it gets cold as hell out. And then we just fully dive into Packer season because I hate the cold. Um, Janelle, it's it's been a hell of a week. Uh, let everyone know where they can get in contact with you, what content you have pushing out with um, yourself. And I know Eli and Jake or excuse me, Zach Jacobson, Jacob Zacherson, um, uh, <laughs> fill the people in and where can they get in contact with you? Yeah, obviously, best places on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Um, I know this week was a little bit tougher for me being on the softball field. I didn't get to be, you know, up to date with everything. So I kind of got home, eat my dinner, uh, catch up on all the news from the day. So today was kind of fun. I, you know, I don't work Fridays, which is awesome in the summer. So I was able to really dive into everything today and just see everything. And it's just so fun to see guys like, you know, Rogers and Bakhtiari just jamming out in the cart and just kind of stuff like that. And, Randall Cobb asking Sammy Watkins questions about Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers and just, you know, it's fun to see the team acting the way that they are and having fun and football's back. So a lot of that stuff, obviously um, my reactions will be on Twitter. And then obviously every Saturday you can catch me with Matt and Eli here on Packaday every Wednesday night over on open book on game on Wisconsin, again, with Eli and Zach. Um, I'm sure maybe Packer report stuff will start rolling through just, trying to find time for everything, but yeah, it football's here and it's awesome. And I'm so glad to be overwhelmed with green and gold content. Once again, sick. Absolutely. Awesome. Like it's, I, I agree. I couldn't agree more. And it's just, it's, it's a lot. I would say just to put it bluntly, like this week was a lot. Um, as far as attention span goes for me personally, you're like all these other things going on in my life. And then it's also, I'm still <laughs> trying to follow the team that I love and, you know, have a passion for and do content. Which, which congrats which, to Matt on closing on his house. 
Thank you. Thank snaps you. Snaps for snaps for Matt yeah. and Andrea. Very cool. Thank you very much. We appreciate that a ton. As everyone listening to this, probably Saturday morning, I will have actually have slept there the night before. Granted, it's on an air mattress, <laughs> but it just felt right to get in there. First um, night in the new house. <laughs> first night in the new house, and anticipate a few uh, adult beverages to make up for the ones Eli and and I didn't drink um, <laughs> over his visit to Green Bay. Eli, hell of a week. I appreciate. It, I truly looked forward to doing this episode because like Wednesday or Thursday, I'm like, wow, this is going to be, a, I mean, a fun episode to be able to just basically squeeze all the juice out of Eli as much as possible. Interesting um, uh, image in your head there, but really just to, just to see what we're going to come up with, what things you saw and you exceed my expectations with stuff because I mean, it, to not only see what I was seeing on Twitter, but you just adding these extra elements in that we didn't get to see, specifically Jordan Love at the end, Dominique Daphne, a couple of plays probably from the rookie um, defensive dudes like from Georgia. Like, So I appreciate that. And uh, But let everyone know, like Janelle said, where they can get in contact with you throughout this, this season as we ramp up and all the things you got going on on, on your end. Yeah. Uh, first off, Matt, we will definitely make up for not – we will. Linking up this week, I'm sure I'll be back in Green Bay uh, before the season starts. But uh, in terms of where you can find me, always on Twitter is where you'll find basically all my work at Book of Eli underscore NFL. You can also find some of my writing at on uh, PackReport.com and check out my YouTube page uh, under Eli Berkovitz. Subscribe. Would really appreciate uh, any subscribers. Would be awesome. And yeah, I'm just really excited. Packers football's back, being out in Green Bay again, seeing everyone out there. A lot of fun just to see football again and <clears throat> looking forward to seeing how practice goes tomorrow and next week and talking to you guys again about another week of training camp. Hell yeah. As Eli said, Packers football is back and so will Pack a Day podcast tomorrow on Sunday and every day, 365, day, 365 days a year. And truly, it's just it's a great, great time to be alive. If you're a Packers fan or a football fan and make sure you are subscribed to the, all the podcasts platforms out there for Packaday podcasts, wherever you listen. I don't really care. I'm more of an Apple Music guy. Some people like Spotify. Some people listen to some obscure stuff I've never heard of. But whatever you get, every way you're getting the audio into your ear holes, make sure you're subscribed. Give us a rating on there. We'd appreciate it or a review. And if you haven't yet followed um Packaday podcast on Twitter. Highly, highly suggest to do so because it kind of is a uh, an ecosystem, a conglomerate for all the people that are a part of Packaday podcast and all of our takes and the interactions that happen there. I think you just get a little bit more of the written format to be able to see stuff and everyone that we interact with on there. It's a great spot to be. Um, for myself, you can find me on Twitter still at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Like I said, we'll be back next Saturday with Janelle, Eli, and myself to do Packaday once again. I also kicked off this week game on Wisconsin with all the other content, just like Open Book, Lombardi's Bar, all the other shows that I'm omitting out of my brain, intentionally or not intentionally. Jacob Westendorf, you know what I'm talking about. On Monday's Final Dump, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the YouTube side, on the Facebook side. Brendan Dorzinski and I breaking down everything from the previous weekend and leading everyone into a great week and just kind of going from things from there. But we had our first episode of season two this past Monday for the live stream, and we continue to do so up until we're not, I guess, allowed to anymore by the Packers' success. Uh, but ultimately, <laughs> I imagine it'll be up until early February. But for Janelle Mackey, Eli Berkovitz, I am Matt Freilich. You guys be well. Take care. Enjoy the weekend. Recharge a little bit. Get those Twitter fingers a little rested up because we've got a big week coming up next. And as always, go, go, go. go. go.
Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.